apology up front. Uh, we haven't got together in the pub, Kana uh, and I, for a little while. Uh, he's been way too busy with work and other things. We didn't want to hold back this interview because we thought it was awesome. So we thought, okay, look, let's just get it out there. So none of the usual drinking in the pub. That being said, during this interview with Dr. Recommended, uh, we did in fact spend a fair amount of time drinking during the podcast interview. So, hey, you know, one out of two ain't bad. So sit back, relax and enjoy this interview uh, between Kara and myself and Dr. Recommended. Okay, so welcome to our interview today, and today's interview is with none other than Dr. Recommended. Um, now, Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you're a, a mod over at VDIP amongst uh, your normal playing type of roles. Do you kind of get around at all to any of the other diplomacy sites? Are you hang over at WebDIP or anywhere else at all? I've been around to a lot of the different sites. Uh, first, I, I'd say I'm more of an assistant mod. There's a, I, as long as I, I uh, help more than I, I create work for the other mods, I feel like uh, I'm all right there. But uh, yeah, that that was mostly born out of trying to organize tournaments and run things and, and not wanting to constantly ask the the mod team for help with that and so i've i've uh just kind of taken on a role out of that um but as far as the other sites go yeah i play vdip is is most of my time but i've got probably 300 games or so over at web diplomacy um i when i first started playing diplomacy online i i had an account at play dip but i only played a couple of games there they were all riddled with CDs, and it, it just wasn't working for me. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure if I'd, I'd given them more of a chance, I, I would have found a home there. But uh, I'm, I'm quite happy with the VDIP WebDIP combo. Um, I also played on the Spanish site that uh, disappeared, oh, maybe a couple of years ago now. Um, I probably had 100, 200 games in there. And I uh, uh, played uh, Gunboat on the Dutch and Russian and Italian sites, uh, probably a total of 50 games or so combined there, but uh, I don't know the languages. So it was mostly just checking out the other sites and uh, getting my diplomacy fix. Well, I guess being Gunboat, that makes it a little bit easier. You don't have to worry about the language, do you? Yeah, you know, you, you have to... You know, at least know some of the, the general terminology in terms of uh, navigating the sites. And, oh, uh, yeah, of course, you know. yeah. Um, so, you know, I try to pick up a couple words there. I love languages. I, I only speak English and Spanish, but, um, you know, I, I like exploring a little bit, even if I don't really get around to picking up much. More bien. <laughs> How did you um, get involved with diplomacy in the first place, Doctor? Uh, in the first place, I would have to go back to high school. My senior year of high school, my physics teacher had two boards set up in the back of his classroom. And I just happened to notice it. I've always loved maps. Um, I've always loved geography. And so I just found myself looking at the board and wondering what it was all about. And, 
he said there was a game getting ready to start if I wanted to join. And I didn't really know any of the, the group that was playing, and they weren't really too keen to have an outsider join them. And uh, they were really not keen by the end of the game. I went through the rule book, and what's interesting is I haven't seen, uh, and you guys would, would probably know, I haven't seen uh, the same rule book anywhere else. What struck me in it was, were two rules, one being that you are encouraged to do things like forging orders of other players. <laughs> um, and another one was if, uh, let's say, there was a, a fleet in Brest, if no one was looking and you just kind of switched that to an army and then the turn happened and you moved it inland... Well, then it was too late. If anybody noticed, it was now an army. Um, and I took full advantage of, of those. And I won the game. And I was absolutely hooked. Um, I, I played one more game there before I graduated. And I went out and got a board. And I just couldn't find anybody that wanted to learn the game or play with me. And uh, yeah, I just kind of fell by the wayside and and i didn't really think again again about it until i don't know six seven years or so ago i just happened to think hey i bet people play that online and uh that's how i found my way to web dip first and then v dip that's an amazing story um first off i i, I don't know many physics teachers that would have a couple of boards in the back of their classroom i mean Right. Sounds it's, like a great guy, actually. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a great guy. Um, and I probably never would have heard of the game with, without that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a theme, and maybe not physics teachers, but, you know, I've noticed uh, at VDIP several school groups. Um, I've had a couple of email exchanges with, like, social studies or geography teachers mm -hmm. that are diplomacy fans and trying to bring that into the classroom. Um, obviously, there's a lot of aspects of it that really contribute to, to learning, whether it's just communication and negotiating or just the simple geography of it. Um, I think it's great that a lot of school-age kids are still finding the game. And there, there is, at the moment, a large influx of kids um, or, or, or school groups coming into V-diplomacy at the moment. Um, why do you think that is, Doc? Do you think... Um, a couple a of things. Yeah, I would say your podcast has got to have something to do with that. Um, you know, it seems uh, after you guys started doing this, the... The population is uh, steadily increased, and uh, so yeah. I mean, I have to say thanks to you guys. You guys do a lot for for the community, and uh, this podcast is, is certainly one of them. I think that gets attention out there and drums up interest. I think new variants, um, particularly the divided states. Um, I think uh, you guys have probably brought in some traffic from some of the other other communities to, to play. Um, but yeah, as for, you know, school groups in particular, I, I don't know. Um, I have definitely noticed more of them 
and uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't, I don't know if we should be taking that as as a good thing or not. I mean, the fact that we're bloody getting drunk half the time whilst we're doing the recording. <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah, not a good thing for us. My liver doesn't. <laughs> well, I can say that you know you're not you're not advocating drunk diplomacy. You're drunk podcasting, maybe. Um, but, I don't know. I have advocated that before as like a special game. Actually, speaking of which, this is one thing I do want to come back later on to that rule stuff, uh, Doc. But this is one mm-hmm. thing that was quite interesting, that the timing of today's um, and for you tonight's uh, podcast was basically aimed so that we could all be drinking, uh, which, mm-hmm. which I, have, I have started, so over lunch. Uh, so it must be getting quite late at night over in the States. Um, what are we drinking at the moment? Well, I I sent you guys a message a couple hours ago saying, uh, well, you know, whenever <laughs> would work, and that was because I had just poured myself the first pint. So, in in the spirit of the Diplomacy Games podcast, I'm drinking a Hop Henge from uh, Deschutes Brewery here in in Oregon. Um, it's a strong IPA. I know I'm having a Mercury Hard Cider. It's a um, it's a cider brewed in Tasmania, and it's six point nine percent alcohol, so it's pretty strong. Nice. I have just um, had a couple of glasses of a Cap de Fleur, which is a South African Shiraz. Um, but I have about to crack open literally the bottle. So there we go. Of a <laughs> McGuigan, the Brothers Shiraz 2015. It must be very classy because it doesn't even say where it's from apart from South Australia. Um, it may be because it's like a, uh, and Kana would get this, it's a, what's it, pouring. There we go. Um, it's a, a special at the moment at Dan Murphy's, so our local um, stockist of fine liqueurs, ales, and wines. So. I've never had this before, so this will either be crap or, or um, very crap. <laughs> oh, hopefully it's a pleasant surprise. Actually, it is. It's a very pleasant surprise, yeah. It's like all of a sudden everyone's talking to me and they all want to be my ally. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, not so bad. Don't trust for, for, for two bottles for 15 bucks, that's a bargain. Nice. That's fifteen Australian dollars. That's like only about ten dollars American. Alcohol's <laughs> yeah, a bit more expensive over here. Yeah, um, actually, that's true. Actually, what I was just saying, like I was boasting about it, and they're probably <laughs> Doc's probably going, "That's a ripoff." <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of um, making alliances, Amby, um mm-hmm. and Doc, I know, I know you two have had a uh, uh, quite a a long and checkered history together when it comes to um, games that you, you, you compete together in. <laughs> um, can you care to uh, give us maybe a, your point of view there, Doc, as to why um, Ambi seems to have trouble <laughs> in your games? <laughs> I'll try to hold my mouth on this one, by the way. <laughs> well, it all started in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> So I actually in well, thinking about this uh, no no uh, a bathtub full of wine full of Shiraz um, I was thinking about this today knowing that that we talk about it um, 
I did a, a quick scan through some old games looking for a game in which Ambie and I had a solid alliance. And, yep. uh, well, <laughs> there's, uh, there's one uh, going back to, it ended uh, August of 2014, a World War Four game. And we just had pages and pages of, of dialogue going, all of this great trust and cooperation. And then I stabbed them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I, I made it to the draw. Ambie didn't. And uh, uh, although I have to say, in, in this case, in, in looking through the press of that game, um, somebody else had stabbed Ambie uh, quite successfully. And uh, it was it was down to where if I didn't move in for a couple of centers, I was going to be in trouble too, and uh, which we acknowledged. And so it, it wasn't really so much of a, a deceitful stab, but I was surprised are, are that it went it back a, is that you long. It was a consensual stab. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Um, let me let me look here. Let me. I uh, know oh, you, you're not going to quote me back to myself, are you? Oh, briefly. Okay, Here okay, it okay. says, it's cool. My centers are open to you. I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> no, I, I believe you. Um, so that's where, it, that's where it started, did it? Or that's the only time we've actually played nicely together when you actually have already started? No, that was, that was the one I found where for months on end we were, see, we can do it. We we can work really well together. I think um, I think the problem, Doc, is we must have had a game like years and years and years and years and years ago where whilst of course that whole concept of, you know, meta gaming and all that type of stuff, you know, you always need to kind of follow. I must have had a good experience with you where I went, Hey, I think I can trust this guy and, and you're just your handle just resonated with me all the time. <laughs> to the extent that I thought Oh yeah, 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 that must be that guy I trusted, and, and he was really good. And unlike yourself, we obviously make the um, the effort to go back and, and check how a player behaves. Uh, I don't do that, and as a result, <laughs> I just kind of blindly go down the path of yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good, trustworthy. Oh no, he's fucked me up, <laughs> and it happens again and again and again, and. Um, I'm okay with that. That's the way the game goes. And and if anything, you're um, you alluding to the fact that when you first learnt the game, it had these unscrupulous behaviours of you know forging <laughs> orders and swapping you you know units and things like that around. And that was okay, which I've never heard of. But um, I'm not doubting you. Um, um, but it, it was a tactic called the uh, Flying Dutchman. Um, oh, is that what the Flying Dutchman is? Yeah, yeah, and um, it was actually done quite successfully at a tournament um, going right back. Um, I have to do a bit of research because it's in the diplomacy articles um, archive. There's, there's a guy who won the tournament by doing just that, like, uh, moving pieces around on the board. But sorry to interject. Yep. No, 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 no that's on. cool. I think, I think yeah. the issue really kind of came to a head, though, in the bathtub and... Um, the reference, of course, was a. I'm, I'm trying to. Re, I'm trying to remember. Doc, was it a boss game we were playing? It was. It was the. Uh, it was the the boss previous to the one that we just uh, cancelled. Okay, so it was the boss game where I again was Byzantium, and um, I was being. Oh, 
I'm not belligerent. I think I was just being a little bit assertive, which I kind of you know, thought you'd appreciate, uh, around <laughs> the fact that you know I needed to maintain a good defensive border and part of that was maintaining uh, supremacy of the Mediterranean Sea. And, and that was purely from my point of view. And, look, I'll actually say this in, in total upfrontness. I actually had no malice towards you. I had no plans to stab you whatsoever. It was really a case that I just wanted a nice defensive border uh, where I didn't feel threatened and I was working towards that aim and you seemed to be fine with that and then all of a sudden all these fleets started moving into the Mediterranean, um, ruining my um, ruining my plans. <laughs> And then I kind of had some words with you and you had some words back and, and, and very soon um, I was, well, I was eliminated, but I was, um, so I remember that game well, actually made, made, made all the way to the draw. Uh, but I, I ended up being um, effectively your, you know, I, I don't know what you Whipping call boy. Yeah, yeah, that's a, well done, Kana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember... Uh yeah, I, now I know in uh, in in press and your your reading text, um, it's it's hard to pick up on the tone and, and things are things come across sometimes how how they're not meant. I assume that I offend some people <laughs> from time to time, um, but uh, I think that's the only game that that I've ever felt frustrated. Um, in terms of uh, our playing together. Otherwise, it's always just been, you know, in the course of the game. Um, and, you know, in terms of the, the, the Mediterranean being your bathtub, um, in, in that sense, I felt that you were asking, you know, three, four, five spaces of a buffer zone where I wouldn't even be able to come in to work around my own coastline, that seemed to me to say, um, yeah, it just wasn't going to be a viable situation. Um, but uh, I think to to be fair, your point is probably accurate and correct. Like if I actually put myself in your shoes, it, it could be perceived that I was trying to maintain a rather aggressive position uh, over your coastline. Um, that was not my intent, but I, I think if I kind of sat in your shoes, I could go, you know, I, I don't know if I can trust this guy. He seems to be legit, but maybe he's not, or maybe he just thought I wasn't legit from the start. I don't know. Well, all that being said, um, you know, we really don't have a long history of of stabs, and, and um, it's happened. Um, but I feel like uh, you know the way we relate to each other in, in a game is okay. <laughs> am I going to be able to trust this guy? I don't know, um, and it's it's hard to just get started on on an alliance. Um, I know in the uh, another game that got cancelled, the uh, the first uh, divided states game where you were Oregon, I believe. Yeah, maybe I was Washington, and uh, I pretty much started that one off by stabbing you. Yes, um, pretty much from from day one. <laughs> Actually, no, it was day two. It was in in the autumn, wasn't it? 
Maybe so, yeah. And in that case, it had nothing to do with you, really. It had to do with uh, a couple of other allies in the neighborhood. I think it was uh, G-Man and Bozo. Um, Uh, Sorry, that that, that whole West Coast and that very, very first Divider States game was like, you know, the heavy hitters (laughs) of of the heavy hitters were all there. And I was just like stuck in the middle getting pounded by everybody. But it was definitely an interesting setup to the game, Um, especially with that many players to have a number of, as you say, heavy hitters all in the neighborhood. Um, And that was a scenario where, I mean, I I try to not burn bridges. I try to keep all potential opportunities alive as much as I can. Things change quick. You guys know that. And, And that was a situation where the... The offer I got that involved, okay, I'll move against Ambi here, um, was just, it was a solid long-term plan spelled out. I had to go with it. And that's a case where it was like, I don't want to stab Ambi. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> we, we keep doing it. <laughs> but in, in the course of that game, you know, and, you know, we all, we get to know each other over all of these games and understand each other's play styles. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly not a personal thing. I'm glad it's not, a but in that case, thing. that was yeah, what had to be done. I'm glad it's not a personal thing and I don't consider it personal at all. So don't take it the wrong way. And actually I was looking forward to us working together and, you know, Kumbaya and everything like that in the, uh, in the second, um, Second, whatever the most recent boss game was that got, that got mm-hmm. cancelled, but these things, these things happen. I've got a question for, for you, Doc. Do you think my playing style is too trusting? Because um, that's what I, I think. There's think. an there's an element of that. I think once there's a uh, an alliance that gets underway and is is working for a couple of turns. Um, you know, it's I've I've been in alliances where it's it's just what is effective and efficient to to leave a border unguarded, to push all units out to an outward front and, and make progress and you know that that works. But over the long term, I really try not to leave a border unguarded. Not mine, and I'll even encourage an ally hey, you know, if this is going to work, let's make sure that we can't really screw each other over. Um, I think I, I've seen from time to time you leave yourself too open. Um, but as a general rule, I wouldn't say too trusting. My experience, of course, is not trusting enough. But uh, as we've discussed, there's some reason for that. So, actually, I, I think what you raise is a very, very good point. And on reflection, I think you actually are, are correct. Uh, what I've, in hindsight, looking back on a number of games, and, and actually, because it's been like about a month or actually it's probably about six weeks now since, since Karen and I got together to record an episode, I have gone through a bout of stab after stab after stab where I'm the stabby, not the stabber. And overwhelmingly, it's always where I have gotten to a situation where I've left my border unprotected, where I think, you know, this guy and I, if we, we're going to go all the way. We're going to go all the way through to a draw at the end. And uh, no, it's not like that at all. And the only game at the moment that I'm doing 
half decently in is a divided states gunboat game which obviously i won't give away who i'm playing in at the moment and literally the only reason probably in hindsight is that i'm following a totally different strategy on that one i am protecting my borders uh, even amongst my allies uh it's not like i'm kind of i have in place a you know uh you know a berlin wall so to speak which is impenetrable or anything like that uh but it's it's something where i have not i've not oh actually no in retrospect no i've just realized i, I do have one border that's pretty open uh only because that guy would be an absolute idiot to attack me because uh, he's been attacked at all, all, a whole heap of other areas as well but apart from hopefully no one can kind of go to that board and work it all out but anyway apart from that though yeah i have taken a little bit more protecting of the borders angle and that has resulted in me being you know not at the top of the board uh but definitely not at the bottom of the board either so um that's actually a really good learning for me and probably for listeners as well around you know play style and play strategy and and how to approach things in such a way that you know you you don't open yourself up unnecessarily to a stab from you know people who are after no after no good like yourself yeah you can't make yourself too appetizing um and especially when we're talking about larger variants i uh, would build anywhere um you know like some of the world war four maps um when you've got just this big open area and if your ally has himself a good turn and suddenly has six builds you got to consider <laughs> what might happen and it's it's not always possible to it's not always what is really gonna make the alliance work sometimes it calls for trust but for me as soon as i can I'm going to toss in a couple of units where they're in a defensive position, even just to make it enough of an unpalatable stab, you know, just to put enough doubt in a person's mind where, yeah, I could probably get a couple centers, but is the alliance worth throwing away over a couple of centers? And then, you know, it's hard to really see what's going to play out over four or five years. Um, yeah, you got to, you got to, cover yourself even with an ally um I've, I've got a question for you doc um in in your experience and you're you're in the top four percent of the beat rankings um which sort of says well both you've you've played a lot of games and i've noticed that you you have in fact you're playing 31 games at the moment which is just insane to me. <laughs> um <laughs> sorry you, sorry you say 31 games yeah, he is, yeah. Well, 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 simultaneously. Well, that's – yes, it says I'm playing 31 games. I don't, does that count like games that uh, haven't started yet, like some of the known world tournament games that won't even start for months? Because um, oh. I'm in those games. They haven't can, can started. I just ask, can I ask a very, very quick question? Sorry, sorry, yeah. Tana. Um, yeah, yeah. Doc, are you retired? Am I retired? <laughs> How do you find time? <laughs> so, well, uh, I'll finish my previous point to start answering that question. Okay, um, sure. No, I'm, I, I'm not retired. Um, there's probably at any given time maybe 12 or 15 games that are really actually requiring some some effort, analyzing the board, entering orders. Um, 
I only think I think I have one full press game going on right now. Is you know mostly yeah. like I have one, two. Sometimes you know if it's just a game I can't turn down, I might have three full press games going. Um, usually it's just one or two, and and then I've got a bunch of gunboat games on longer phases. Usually two days a phase, and um, so. I could not keep up with 20 or 30 press games. No, no way. That makes um, sense. That makes sense. Sorry, I, I got really, really thrown by what you were saying. And, uh, yeah, if, if it is a, a whole heap of gunboat games, then I can imagine that would be a lot easier to manage. I, I can't possibly think about trying to manage 31 games, even with the vast majority of them being gunboat. But um, <laughs> I, I, I do say congratulations for being able to uh, maintain such a, a full um, deck of cards in your hand, so to speak. Yeah, I. as far as, you know, time I spend playing games or playing on the phone or on the computer, there really isn't anything else. I, I, I play diplomacy there. Um, and then I put the phone down and I play music and I have a family and I have a, a life that doesn't involve staring at the screen. Um, I just finished... Uh, school a couple months ago, I, I went back to to school um, midlife here. Um, that took six years, and during that time, it, you know, I have a, a schedule that makes it easy to maintain playing playing games. Um, it's a good break from the books. Now I'm I'm you know having to be a grown up again and and have a, a career, and uh, I don't know how that's going to affect. You know, my my games. Um, I might only have a couple going on once my current slate ends. We'll see. So, what did you go back to school to do to to um, learn? Um, I've got two degrees in sustainability and in liberal studies, which mostly was just something that gave me the flexibility to augment the sustainability course. Okay, and. I'm not going to get into work stuff because, you know, this is a whole diplomacy <laughs> podcast. But have you found that what you do and what you learned from diplomacy, you can apply to that? Um, well, certainly in, in some in some capacity, in, and I'd say the, the, the fundamental parts would be communication and analysis, um, and you know, communication is clearly a huge part of, of playing diplomacy. Um, is also a really big part of of sustainability. Understanding different people in different parts of the world. Um, another thing that diplomacy is good for. I mean, I've I've gotten to know over the the course of years people from all over the world, all walks of life, all different ages. Um, so, yeah, that's something that um, I would say diplomacy and sustainability really have in common. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some overlap there. Because I wasn't quite sure with your handle being doctor recommended whether you may in fact be a doctor. Not at all. <laughs> so where, where did your handle come from? I don't even remember. Um, <laughs> I've, I've always hated naming things, whether it's my pets my children, um, songs that that I write with the band. Um, I just, I don't like naming things. And so actually when I first registered on 
WebDip, I got through the process and realized that my handle was my real name. And I thought, no, 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 that's not going to work. I don't want that. Um, but they wouldn't change it for me. So when I got to VDIP, I needed something else. And I don't even know if I had heard a, a TV commercial for Trident Gum and four out of five doctors recommend or who knows. <laughs> I put doctor recommended down and, and that's it. And that's the only place I have that handle. Um, and actually, finally, just a couple months ago, WebDip agreed to to change my handle there. So it's not my actual name anymore. That's, actually, that's really interesting. Which makes I mean, me feel that was a very similar experience to me when I kind of actually signed up for the first time on WebDip and I had to provide a name and I thought, oh, well, this is all diplomacy and everything. So uh, uh, I don't know. I guess that's the role of an ambassador. So I'll put in the ambassador and it was like, okay, congratulations. You're now the ambassador. I went, okay, awesome. There you go. <laughs> what about you, Ken? And are you a real <laughs> ambassador? <laughs> well, We're mine, come from. Oh, yeah, I, I tried to be, be doctor. But what about you, Kano? Where's yours come from? Oh, it was a nickname I had as a kid. It's, uh, it's going way back, way, but way back. What about the 406? Oh, that's for me to know. That's for me to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's how many women yeah. he's bedded. <laughs> no, no, I no. think we can have a new forum thread now where people can guess what the 406 represents. <laughs> uh, none of you forget it. Um, <laughs> it was it was his unit in the army. <laughs> oh, he was quite uh, there. Maybe it was. <laughs> he was an airborne. A ranger. thousand deep points for whoever guesses it. A thousand yes, deep points. Okay, yes, okay, yes, okay. You, a thousand you, points. You guys amongst the and I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't be dishonest about it. You know, if anyone does guess it, I'll, um, I'll own up to it. But I don't. Think <laughs> Um, you mentioned communication being a, a strong point, um, mm -hmm. and that kind of leads back into the question I was going to ask a bit earlier. What is it that you look for when you're opening up negotiations with someone um, in a full press game that you go, yep, that's the person I'd like to ally with, and nah, that's not someone I'm going to ally with? What, what, what sort of mm -hmm. stuff do you do there? Well, um, I, I think I definitely have certain kind of guidelines I, I approach it with without ever being completely married to that you know I'm always willing to hear what somebody has to say um, and it depends too on the variant um, but particularly some of the larger variants and actually this is something I wanted to uh, mention with you guys I remember uh, I think I've heard you both in reference to World War 4 games um, talk about you know, not being really important to talk to people all the way across the world. Um, I take the opposite approach. I, I, I try to engage with everybody in the game. Divided States brings up a... Uh, that might finally have me beat. I can't talk to all, all 50 players. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, at the very basic level, I just want to establish a connection just get a dialogue going even if nothing comes of it for several game years um as far as in in ally goes or who i might want to work with or who i might not want to work with um i want somebody who's willing to have an actual partnership not just say this is how you're going to act this is what you need to do um 
I want somebody who's going to show up turn after turn. And I know NMRs happen. I've got a few. Um, but I need somebody who's going to be reliable enough to at least keep enough communication going when it's important. I know there, there's always gaps in the game. I don't need somebody to talk to me every day, every turn. But when it's important to say, hey, I'm aware of what's happening and you know there are opportunities that, that we can take advantage of here, can that's jump important. In, can I jump in um, on that one? Cause, um, absolutely. Um, two, sorry, two, two points. First one being... And I'll use the, the, the bathtub example of the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, I failed the first uh, reference there. <laughs> the second one being my um, all too often, unfortunately, NMRing. Obviously, I failed the second point there. Uh, <laughs> so, if I kind of lift my game, actually live up to my handle, be more diplomatic, actually be nicer and, and so forth, but at the same time protect my borders from stabbers like you, Doc, and actually turn up and engage. <laughs> Do you think we can have, you know, a, a proper, you know, workable long-term alliance? I, I think we've got the makings of it right there. Of course, let's see what happens because the other guy might offer something better and then... Oh, yeah, I suppose... Well. But you know what to listen to the other guy. <laughs> Actually, I think before you've said that we should play a game of um, mate against mate, haven't you? Yeah, that's one of the few variants I've never played. And I know that, uh, well, you, you created it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of you two? Oh, I did. Yeah. So I, I would love to. What about you, Kana? Would you be up for a mate against mate game? Yeah, it's been a while since I've uh, played that one. So, yep. Totally up for it. What, what do you prefer, Doc? Do you want a full press or you want a gunboat to make it easier for you to manage so it becomes game number 32 and not like a drag? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think for these purposes it should be a full press game. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, so we'll, we'll create that game uh, before the podcast goes live and uh, I'll, I'll let you know via PM and uh, the three of us sure. will join and we'll see who else kind of, you know, signs up in that period. Sounds good to me. I've got another question for you, Doc. Um, your, your, uh, your your percentages on your stats here—you've got it's quite impressive. Um, to all up, seventy-four percent of all of your games you've either won, drawn, or survived in, um, and fifty percent of that is um, won and drawn the games when you've won fifteen percent of your games. Do you have any that sort of stand out as being a real memorial win where you've gone, yep, that game, I'm going to remember that one forever, and you sort of have. You'd be kind of like, oh, that is the game that, that uh, if I was to put a game up on, on, a, on a mantle and go, yep, that's me at my best, do you, which game would it be? Do you have one like that? That's a really good question. Um, I'm, I know I've, I've got over 500 games in there just on v-dip so um i I mean there i know there have been a lot that uh i was really happy with but uh, i'd have to probably look into a bit um maybe i'd say uh there's one uh and again i'll bring up a a world war four game um it was within the first uh guessing here maybe dozen or so games i played on v-dip I think it was my first World War Four game. Uh, it had a, a contentious ending, as uh, they they often do. 
in which I think we were down to maybe the last dozen players or so. I want to say I was Nigeria. Um, I think definitely an African country. Had a great alliance going with Retilian for much of the game. Um, And when we were coming down towards the end, he actually came up with a plan to try to, you know, at the end of those games, you've got these, you know, three or four alliance blocks that have gotten them this far. And yep. in order to get that drawdown more, you got to start shaving some off or just have a, a draw of 12 or 15 players. Um, for me, and, and this actually relates to a current game going on too, which was similar, and, and we've now gone to the part where agreements have been made, <laughs> stabs have happened, and, and the draw is getting whittled down. Um, in this one, um, in order to, we were unsuccessfully trying to convince other alliances to each say, hey, okay, we'll shave off this one or two people. And, uh, and I'd have to go back to the game to really get the details right. But um, the plan that Retilian had come up with was to threaten a solo by one of us um, and basically force others into a position of you know, agreeing or, or drawing. Um, and uh, just played out that uh, I got the right centers of his to make the threat real, but, and I also proceeded to make it real. Um, so I, I, I think it's the only World War Four game I've won. But uh, that one, that game in particular, I think was the first game I had with, uh, you know, players like Retilian, Roughhouse, Mapu. Um, so that's a memorable one for me. Yep, yep. I was actually looking back at some of your old games, um, Doc, and my eye just fell on one particular game where the three of us played together, and it was the language of the country immediately after the, which you might remember was... <laughs> Is that the Google Translate <laughs> game? The Google Translate <laughs> game from three years ago. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I don't I, even remember what ended up happening in that game. Okay, so I got eliminated. Kana ended up being resigned, which I think is just like when you've CD'd so many times, it just says, oh, bugger this. Uh, <laughs> you actually made it to the draw, Doc. You were playing as Turkey. You, you managed to survive with three supply centres, what you started off with. Uh, Kana, even though he resigned, still ended up with, I don't know, at least three, uh, five. I got, I got, I, I was eliminated, but that was a that was a bit of a fun game. It's been a long while since actually we've had a a Google Translate game. Um, yeah, those are fun. Those are fun. I have to go back and read through some of the press there. It's just uh, amazing what gets lost in translation. Does Does Google still kick out bad translations? Yes, no, it's awful. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's very helpful, but it's also awful. I think we complicated matters, though, further by it wasn't the rule at the time. Like, okay, I was I was Germany, but you had to kind of translate English or whatever you, your normal con- conversive language is into a dialect within your borders that actually wasn't the main language. So it was like, you know, Polish or whatever like that if you happen to be Germany. 
and then it had to be translated back then into whatever the language of the whoever the person was and then back into English or something like that. It was Yeah, it was it was convoluted and I think there might have been like a yeah, you had to go through Mandarin. Oh um, yes, you're right. You made there was actually there was a there was Mandarin and whatever there was other other languages like Arabic and other things as well you could choose from which was yeah. totally off the board. Yeah. And my my uh, my recollections of the game was sometimes I do the translation. It's like oh that's boring. I'm just going to start coming up with some some. It's almost like that Chinese whispers thing where someone says something to you and go that that's that's this is just, that's boring. I'm just going to make something up. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think in the spirit of the game, you kind of have to. If if what you come out with is just pretty close to what you were saying anyway, then yeah, you have to send it back through the wash and see what comes out. That would be one to uh, maybe bring back to life, I reckon. Yeah. I, I think we've tried to do this once before to, to, to have a Google Translate game, but it hasn't quite worked out. So maybe we need to do it again. I'd be up for another one of those, but probably not till after uh, the the mate versus mate one. Okay, sure. okay, you're on. So we'll do mate versus mate, and then we'll get along to a, a Google Translate game. Done. And then, of course, what'll happen is there will be a, a new variant that involves a lot of great players signing up, and uh, I'm going to get roped in, and then G-Man's going to PM me with the next Cloak and Dagger series game, and Say, oh, I had to say no to the last two. I've got to do this one too. Oh, I'm doomed. It's I must, I must admit, 40 I games. Think, yeah, that, that game, oh, it wasn't won by G-Man. I thought it was won by G-Man. It was, it was won by Mapu. The translate one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneaky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he is, isn't he? <laughs> um, you're, you're also involved in a number of tournaments. Uh Doc, yeah. Do you have favourites there, or do you think? Oh, sure. Tournaments, or what's going on? Yeah, well, that's that's been a lot of fun for me. Uh, even, I mean, at times it's maddening. It's just, and you know this. Trying to, you, you know, you came up with the herd of cats analogy for it uh, mm. in terms of the the boars. I mean, there's always. It's amazing how many different you can't account for everything. And something always comes up that creates a mess that you can unravel no matter how hard you try. Um, despite that, um, it's been a really great way to really get to know certain uh, variants. If you're playing seven, eight, nine games, with, you know, all at once or or within a certain time period, uh, really helps to get to know some maps well and then it helps to get to know some of the players well um a lot of the same players have come through multiple tournaments um so yeah i've really enjoyed it and i think the the known world tournament has been teaching me that uh smaller is probably better um the ones that go on for a long time, you have players that come and go, and, and just the integrity of the whole thing starts to, to crumble a little bit. Yep. Um, some of the, I'd say Fog of War is the best. Uh, we've had three or four Fog of War 7x7 seven seven tournaments that have just been fantastic. Um, most of the games end up in a solo, despite everybody's best efforts. Uh, 
those have been great. Um, I think the World War Two map because of the um, is that because it's a fog of war? Do you think that that ends in a solo? Yeah, because nobody nobody can tell exactly when somebody becomes a solo threat. Usually, until it's a little too late, and also with the same seven players playing all the games at the same time, people get really good at how do I how do I approach this where it doesn't look to people on my other borders like I'm a solo threat or how can I look like I'm getting attacked from the other side when it's really just my own units bouncing or um, you know people will get really cagey about how to how to play that and uh, that's lent itself really well to that that tournament format um, one thing I've just noticed actually doc was I think Kano had a question before around, you know, where you're fitting within the Hall of Fame and things like that. And, or maybe I'm just making this up and I just happened to land on this page. And I don't want to kind of rub in the fact that I'm, a, I'm just like three three positions above you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'm currently 68th and I'm 65th. And I'm, I, let me, let me you, like, let, let, lay it down right now. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not saying I'm better than you at all. In fact, I think, you know, actually you're a better player than me. My question to you is that for players like you and me and, and players who are like middling, you know, pretenders to the throne, so to speak, at this in the 60th format, how do we kind of lift our game to, you know, get towards the top where the, the Cypegs and Roughhouses and G-Mans and Maypoos, Retilians, Bozos and Hussingians mm-hmm. are? What do you reckon is, what do we need to do? Well, let's unpack this. There's a there's a few things involved with that. One is if you care about the ratings and you want to climb up into the Hall of Fame, then well, we can't play seventy five percent of the games we choose to play. Um, you just you can't do it and keep your your rating up. Well, right. I, I end up playing with, you know, I um, I love playing with new people to the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I play all these tournament games. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, just you know the you've mentioned the the Google Translate game. I have fun playing, and I'm not going to say no to a game that looks fun because if I lose, my rating is going to tank. No, I'll just play the game, and if my rating tanks, so be it. Um, you know, I, I know you mentioned Cypeg. Um, I had sent him a PM, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago. He hadn't been on the site for a while, and I just sent him one so that if he ever logged on again, he'd see it. Just, you know, uh, where'd you go? Um, and he did pop back on, and, you know, he admitted he's not going to play because of his his place in the hall. He's at the top. He's not going to play and, and have that drop and fall to fourth or fifth and then twelfth. Or... So for people that care about the rating... You know, that's it. He made it there, and he's just going to sit there. Maybe if somebody climbs above him, maybe eventually he'll he'll come back. But to me, he's a great example of, of why the ratings can really hurt the, the community. Because we have really great players that suddenly are gone, or in the case of some of these others at the top that you mentioned they they are very careful about the games they play who plays in those games suddenly players that are maybe new to the hobby that are really eager to learn um well 
they can't get into certain games with certain players who have a lot to teach, a lot to offer, because these players don't want to lose their rating, or they insist on unrated games, which is fine, you know, especially for some of the more gimmicky, fun kind of things. But you know, how accurate is the rating when people get to a certain place and then maybe only play unrated games or only with other top-rated players? When I first came to the site, I asked a lot of people, hey, help me out, you know, we're playing this game together. If you see things that I'm doing that I should learn from, point them out. And, and people were great, and I want to do that too. Um, so I always, I play with anybody. Um, and so, yeah, Ambie, you probably get dizzy with how often I'm going above and below you. <laughs> and that Hall of Fame, and, or sometimes right out of it altogether, um, because it's and with the number of games I play, it's constantly changing. And it's not that I don't care completely. I mean, everybody likes to see themselves up higher on a ranking. It's nice to win. Um, so it, it's great, but it's not what I play for. Um, and just a final note on that, I would have to say... Um, for me, Tantrumizer deserves an award because I've seen this guy high in the rating and he comes in and plays all these tournaments. I see him in all of these, you know, wacky setup games, loves to play. And, uh, you know, and then I see his rating taking hit after hit and it's, it's not because of the caliber player. So I always appreciate when I see somebody like that. And Bozo, too, is another one. He's played in all these tournaments. It doesn't matter. He shows up and he's game. Um, it's, it's a that, good point. It's a good point. I think both Bozo and Roughhouse, they turn up. They actually generally participate in a lot of the tournaments, although they are mm -hmm. still exceptionally well-positioned within the rankings. Uh, that yeah. being said, I take your point about Cypeg. You look at him, he's like top of the, he's the, the top peg, no pun intended. <laughs> anyway um but that being said you know everyone else is very very close it's like um double o matthew 2000 and roughhouse are within 100 points really of cypeg uh and unless cypeg starts turning up and you know starts you know you know playing that old magic again uh he's gonna start losing his his gold-plated number one position it could certainly happen, um, and like I said, maybe maybe that would encourage him to to come back if he, you know, checks and, and sees that. Um, yeah, who knows? So, talking the Hall of Fame, you actually rec recommended to us, as the doctor recommended, uh, to go through the top one hundred of VDIP, which we started doing, and I think Kainer, if you remember this. I remember when we started doing this. I, I actually, I, I can't. I haven't actually listened to a lot of our episodes since, since we actually recorded them. But I no, do we got the V Dip one. Yeah, I do remember at the time we went through the V Dip one, and when we were going through that, I, I remember at the time boasting that we'd had like five hundred downloads of the the podcast. We're like five thousand plus now, which maybe in retrospect still looks you know not very big, but that's that's pretty good. So we've had a long time since then, and there's been a bit of a churn. I reckon we might need to do a what the doctor recommended update for um, the top 100 of VDIP over a couple of episodes. What do you reckon? I reckon we well, 
<laughs> the drunker the better. It's it's that in combination with the the accent and the you know some of the names being pretty unintelligible. Uh, so that, me, but not as much as the singing. That's that's what I, I would really recommend. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about the the accents because we're the ones with no accent. You guys have the accent. Well, it's all these usernames are typed with an accent. You guys just have to unscramble them. Yeah, yeah good point. Okay. <laughs> and what's wrong with that singing? Kane is an excellent singer. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing there's, wrong with it. That's why I'm encouraging it. It brings a smile to my face every time. You are you singing Country Roads Take Me Home. I, I just listened to the uh, previous podcast. Yeah, more of that. Again, after the drinking. You need to chip in. You need to kind of, you know, put your money where your mouth is, uh, Doc, and kind of stump up a little bit of cash so we can get some half-decent microphones. Yeah, don't... See, that's a good point. You and it's what you brought up originally. Chip in here, you know, pay, pay to play, and and I have yet to do that, so I'll have to correct it. Very good, very good. We've we've now got, uh, and we'll probably mention, we've got three three uh, Patreon supporters who uh, regularly contribute towards better audio kit or slash better drinking sessions. Uh, so <laughs> you can choose which way to kind of distribute your cash. <laughs> well. Well, if the uh, as long as the audio the audio has been better, so I'll probably have to buy you guys around. I know, but I get last, to request the, the last song. one. Was, the last one actually was really crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my opinion, but anyway, I I like uh, going back to the um, the Hall of Fame issue. I, I quite like how they've solved that at play dip. If the player hasn't been actively involved in a game in the last. I think it was a month or two months. They um, they drop off the Hall of Fame. They just disappear, and they'll come back to their location if and when they come back and enter into a game. I think that could be a quite elegant. Yeah, something like that. I think that's great. And whether it's something like that, or whether there's some kind of a a decay in in points, yep. you know, each each year, month, or whatever where it goes down a certain percentage that you're just not active either way, something like that. Um, but you know, there's a, there's other issues with it too. Um, I know, uh, Roughhouse brought it up. Uh, actually I should mention, this is a, a very diplomacy weekend for me because I'm talking with you guys today, tomorrow I'll be having dinner and a couple of beers with Roughhouse who is, uh, and on some kind of cross country trip and, and dropping into, to say hello, so oh, yeah, so, uh, I, was about to, I was about to say he's East Coast, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's he lives on the East Coast. Um, he actually, I actually met him uh, last summer, I think. Um, he was on a, another road trip and uh, was coming through Oregon, and uh, he uh, went out of his way to come have dinner with me. And it, what was funny is. We had the, the ladies along, and uh, so we didn't talk about diplomacy at all. I think it was enough that I convinced my wife, hey, we're going to go have dinner with some guy I met on the internet. <laughs> uh, if we had spent the whole time talking about diplomacy, well, I might have been walking home. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure that'll it'll come up tomorrow. So how did, well, yeah. but, how did you manage that to make sure that it was, you know, something that the, um, you know, the Mrs. Roughhouses and the Mrs recommended slight <laughs> um, well we let it. them 
we let them guide the conversation. We just uh, ate food, drank beer, and, and, and listened dutifully. I think that was that's the way to do it. <laughs> Very diplomatic about it. <laughs> yeah. I expect tomorrow he'll bring up uh, my, my treatment of him in the recently canceled Boris game. But that's why I brought him up to begin with, because with the, the rankings in the Hall of Fame, when you are, where, where is he? He's in the top five or so, right? Yeah, um, Roughhouse is number three. Yeah, and so when you have a player say to you when you're in a position like that, hey, I'm stabbing you because if you're out of the game and I win, I get a big boost to my ratings. And that, I think, really damages the integrity of the game. Mm, no, I agree. So I actually got a question about that, Doc. So uh, what's your mm-hmm. advice then to, say, Kaner and myself who are not too far apart? And we've talked before around about getting together with Mrs. Ambie and Mrs. Kaner. Is there any uh, any suggestions on what just just keep it away from diplomacy the whole time? Well, if you're asking me relationship advice, <laughs> um, <laughs> the doctor is in. Um, just like so, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's oh man, um, my wife is out with her friends tonight. Because I, I mentioned, uh, hey, you know, tonight I'm, I'm going to be talking to these guys. And, uh, you know, when it, she realized it was diplomacy rate related, she just rolled her eyes and <laughs> said, I'm going to make some plans. So, yeah, unless unless your wives play diplomacy and, and, and enjoy it, uh, yeah. Maybe you can talk about killing geckos or how to get the cat to stop shitting in your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what is what is uh, mrs recommended think about your habit um she probably thinks it's a a waste of time but of course she will sit on the couch and play candy crush or or whatever <laughs> game on the phone so you know in, in that regard it's not a big deal if I spent hours of my day playing diplomacy and was not being a, a good husband or a good dad or working or who, what I need to do and not having a life outside of the computer, uh, then it would be a problem. You know, it's a, it's a hobby that I enjoy and she can appreciate that. She has zero interest in it whatsoever herself. Yep. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Kane is very similar in that attitude. Like Mrs. Amby. Yeah. <laughs> there are certainly worse habits. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm mindful of the time. Um, Kana, do you have anything else you want to ask Dr. Recommended? Oh, look, how – just um, around the idea of the stats, I know we sort of – come back to it again but are there any other kind of stats that you'd like to sort of see being applied that we can sort of use on the site instead of um, the windraw survive yes absolutely um and i say this as somebody who grew up watching uh you know baseball and the way that uh people can take the numbers and the stats that pile up over time and really you know, find interesting things in them. 
it seems with a, a system that uh, you know VDIP uses, there's probably some automatic things that uh, can can just be compiled. And you know, if people look at the Hall of Fame and they can see you know what their their V point ranking is or how you know, many deep points they have, but there's other stuff like uh, just. The, you know the n- number of defeats or wins or draws the the number of of phases um one thing i'm looking at uh in terms of my own stats is i'm coming up on 25,000 phases i don't know who out there has that many i'm sure there's somebody but i, I don't know who but that would be interesting i'd like to see you know who where do people rank on how many wins they have, and can that be sorted by, you know, discounting one v one games or or the like, or, um, you know, just things like that? Are there are there easier ways to sort through your your game history by people you played with or or by variant? Um, I know you can do some of that through the the Hall of Fame, but I think there's room to to bring some of that more in there and have people, you know, there's, there's some, some people care obviously very much about their ranking and getting it up there high. Um, some people care about how many points they get. Um, I think the more ways that we find for people to say, Hey, you know, I, one thing I'd like is, um, this is a conversation I had, uh, probably a couple of years ago now with, with Mapu when we both had zero missed phases, and you know, as a point of of pride, no no NMRs. Who who are the people that have the most phases without any NMRs? Um, you know, I'm off that list now, but I think I just think there's there's some things that could be integrated that that would be interesting. Absolutely. So some sort of um, like how we have the variant page at the moment on VDIP, which gives you a breakdown on who's playing games at any given point in time that have a, mm-hmm. a another table which sort of just displays the top and you can select it and just the top 100 reliability reliability um ranked players or the top yeah yeah you exactly know, we could do it by variant you know the, the number of wins who's won the most in this variant yeah or or what player you know would, would be considered the, the the champion player of, of each variant could pop up on the variant page whether it's by you know win percentage or number of wins or who knows but there's a lot of ways to sort it and I, I think there's room to to add some of that yeah, absolutely I reckon that'd be a really cool addition yeah yeah it's a great idea um actually I've got one other quick question for you Doc I've, I've just been quickly looking at what games you've been playing you've been playing a lot of of the recent variants that come of, I'm sorry, that have come on board. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my, my language is a bit slurry because I've had a, a couple of wines. You know how it is. Yeah, um, the beer's been flowing here. It's. Uh, <laughs> I understand you just fine. <laughs> oh, not too slurring too much. So you've you've been playing Edwardian. You've got games going for War of Austrian Succession. You've got Manifest Destiny going. Uh, a bit of enlightenment succession. You've got uh, other games. I think in the the more recent games as well. They've just just kind of come on board. What are they like? Um, oh, shit. And, uh, just, Renaissance one and 
I don't know. Anyway, you've got lots of lots of the new games that Enriador has been pumping out. What's mm-hmm. been your take of the of the new games that have been coming to V Diplomacy? Any of them kind of tickled your fancy in particular? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, anytime a new variant comes out, I try to get a couple games in, even if it's just gumbo, just to try it out and get a feel for it. Um, I love novelty in general. I love novelty and diplomacy. Um, I know some people take classic as, you know, not so much on VDIP because it's that's the whole point of the site. But, um, you know, they, there's a there's certain openings they use. There's certain, you know, that's that's how they, they play diplomacy and how they function. And I respect that. Similar to chess, some people can learn all of these rules and, and, and um, you know, no dozen moves in advance. Um, I respect that. That's not me. I'm, I'm, you know, whether it's diplomacy or music, I, I'm an improviser. I, I go with, with what's there in the moment. The more variants, the better. So anytime one comes out, I'm on it. Um, I have not yet played a game with the most recent one. I think it was like a 1201 Crusades or something. Um, I haven't yet done that, but I've hit all the other new ones. And what I'm finding so far, I really like, is it uh, Napoleonic? Is that one of the yeah, there's, there's a Napoleonic, recent dozen um, or so? One of the, the iterations of Napoleonic, yeah. Yeah, I like the way that really takes time to, to unfold. Um, you know, you have to send armies and fleets sometimes across several territories to to get anywhere and in order to do that you're risking somebody coming around the other side um i I like that and i've I've only played a couple games of it and and it might just be those games i played but that that seems to have a different feel to it which i appreciate um the edwardian um what i've noticed um having played as germany and having watched a couple other people as germany have the same kind of experience while I've been playing other countries. Again, it's a small sample size. This might just be how these games played out, but it seems like it's possible to really burst out to a strong lead and then you can't hold it. Um, the game I played is Germany. I, I, I went right out, got up to a great lead. I thought, at the very least, I've got a draw in this. Not so much. Um, I just could not hold um, and I think that's great. That's an interesting variant. Uh, if if it holds true after you know enough games have been played, it might might just be how I played, or you know, just a small sample. Um, but I like the variety that these variants are are giving. Um, you know, the the more the better, and it's it's been a, a really rich time recently. So I, I really appreciate the work these guys have been doing. So, what, what's your overall favourite? Um, what does the doctor, doctor recommend when it comes to variants? <laughs> Top three variants. Top three variants. Um, I might give a different answer every day, but I would say, um, and anyone that's listened to this will will probably pick one out right away as the World War Four. Um, that's just been fantastic. Whether it's Caner's Sea Lanes. Or, or I mean, I'll play all of them. Um, I've just uh, I've done well with them. I typically do full press on those, and it's usually 
a variant that brings in a lot of players and a lot of characters and personality from the community. They're enjoyable games. Um, for the smaller variants, um, I love Fog of War. I'd love to see more Fog options for other existing variants. Um, I, I like some of the smaller ones like Dutch Revolt. I think the World War II variant is, uh, you know, especially in like the tur- tournament format we were talking about, um, has been good for that. Um, yeah, uh, I love Known World. I, I like the, I uh, played a couple games of the the Western world, the, the recent variant of that that's a little smaller. Um, I wish that one still had the transform option. That one bit me because I expected it. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a fleet that I was all set to turn into an army and do some real damage. And well, it didn't work that way. Um, Can you guys remind me who actually put together that? Who actually designed that variant? um, The Owen, I think. Sorry, what'd you say, Kana? Sorry, David Cohen. Okay, so I, I got a PM from David Cohen. I, I don't know if it was a PM or actually maybe it was through the website saying he, he was disparaging me, which is okay. I've got no problem with that. Um, <laughs> relating to the you know the fact that you know all these these things had kind of recently included that that, that transform option, which was obviously not originally planned. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I take your point, guys, that, you know, an expectation is you can automatically transform. And believe me, I've been doing that Mongolian um, variant over at, um, at the lab where it's, just, it's driving me batshit crazy because my starting positions is you can only build in your home centers and you can't, you can't even transform anywhere. So my power being land-based can't transform and it just really inhibited my growth. So... Um, it's interesting how a, a variant designer's intentions have then subsequently been implemented or then mm-hmm. kind of added to over time in a uh, Creative Commons environment, which means that, you know, what their original plan was has been morphed and has since subsequently changed and it's become the norm. Yeah, it's in the spirit of variation. It's, uh, you know, it's what VDIP really provides and... Um, yeah. Having said that, we really ought to get up at Known World Game restricting the transforms, okay, so everyone joins it, knowing, nah, we're going to have any transformations. On the uh, original, the on the 15-player map? Yeah, 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 on the original map, just to I mean, see how... It'd be yeah. so easy. Yeah. The map's there. We've got to just change that rule. Well, not change Help the rule. Me it's, in. it's a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, no transform. Oh, I must we know how those gentlemen's agreements go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I, I'm out of that one. I've just had so many 901 games. I'm just like, unlike others, wink, wink, Kana, um, <laughs> I'm can kind of continuing to do all 15 games of the Known World Tournament. Uh, I'm just so <laughs> over Nine World 901, so don't, don't include me. <laughs> Yeah, if it makes you feel any better, Ambie, I am. Uh, I I don't think I'm doing any better than you are in that tournament. No, I think I, I'm going to call you bullshit on that one, Doc, because I have like lost every single game, I think, and uh, I'd have to go back and check because I don't do these things, and um, just just I've ne- I've never had a game that I've done really really well, and I went, yeah, good job, 
you kind of you know you, you've actually pulled it off. It's it's a, it's a it's a map that I'm just <laughs> destined to always do badly in. Well, maybe next one, Andy. <laughs> no, 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 no! Don't don't try to give me this bullshit. You know, entice me into. Yeah, you've paid your dues. <laughs> no, 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 no! Yeah, fuck off, all of you. <laughs> oh. Well, on that note, I can't think of any more questions. <laughs> um, do you have anything you'd like to sort of shout out while you you've got the voice there? On, I've got you on the line, Doc. Uh, I, I'm sure I could talk for another hour and a half, so I'm, I'm good calling it there. <laughs> maybe, maybe another, maybe actually, maybe another time, Doc, because this is, literally this is Kana and I usually like pen a couple of notes, and when I say Kana and I, I mean I pen a couple of notes, <laughs> suggested questions, send them to Kana. Goes, yeah, 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 that's 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 fine. He adds one or two. We send it off to the interviewee, and um, and then we usually. Move around that script. I think, Kane, this is the first time we've done an interview with no advanced questions at all. It's both A, the longest, and B, probably the most entertaining, but I can't work out if that's A, you know, because we've, we have we know Doctor, we've played against him so long, or, or we've just, you know, had too many drinks. Well, I definitely enjoyed this interview, that's for sure. Well, so did I. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And, uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad I provided more than three minutes of of time here. <laughs> so, so, so for listeners, um, in the PMs between myself and uh, and Doctor, he kind of said, "Oh, yeah, you might just get three minutes worth of value out of me, and that's about it." And I kind of said, "Oh, no, no, we we might get more than that, and if we don't, you know, Kana and I will just pat it out with with drunken yarns about how bad I'm playing in diplomacy." So. Um, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Doctor, for uh, for ensuring that I don't get overly drunk uh, because I've, ch- I've achieved it now. Um, and maybe maybe kind of during the during the week when we kind of uh, record this, we'll um, still kind of you know step up to the plate and you know yeah have, have a drink. Well, you guys time. got the rest of your day ahead of you. I, I I get to just pass out at the end of this. So what what, what time is it over there? Um, by the way, Doc. Say that again. What time is it over in um, Dockland? What what time is it? Yeah. Yes. Is that, uh, yeah, okay. It's uh, well, it's ten thirty. That's not late. No, not too late. I'll probably go play some diplomacy and then go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Make well, make sure you put in really crap orders you. if you're playing against me. All right. Uh, I'm going to move all my all my units away from your borders and and tonight only. This is a favor. <laughs> I'll meet you in the bathtub. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Doc. All right, thank you, guys. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>